what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I don't care how strong, how tight the cords of sin are. If you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for you at Calvary's cross, the Holy Spirit can set you free from those cords of sin. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Judges chapter 15, move down if you will to verse 14, Judges chapter 15, verse 14, and when he came to Lehi, let's stop right there for just a minute, all of Israel, well a large group of men went up to Rock Edom to get Samson. And they bound him up, and they're going to turn him over now to the Philistines. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands loosed from off his hands... And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Samson and the jawbone. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank you for this honor and this privilege to be able to stand before your people and to minister your word. Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me and help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, not only anoint me, but anoint these here, those listening by radio, those by the internet, those, Lord, who may be listening by CD. Anoint them today, Lord, to hear and to receive of your word, that their questions may be answered, their needs may be met. Lord, that we all might be drawn a little closer to you. Is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The Bible tells us that on the week of his wedding, that Samson put forth a riddle to the Philistines, gambling that they would not be able to figure it out, which they did. After talking to his soon-to-be wife, they persuaded her to talk to Samson and for him to give to her the meaning of the riddle. And Samson grew angry when he found out what all had happened, went out and killed some 30 Philistines to pay off his gambling debt. He was still angry at his wife, so he went home to his mom and daddy for some period of time. And after he cooled down a little bit, he went back to 
take his wife only to find out that his father-in-law had given her to another man. And again, Samson grew angry, and he wanted revenge. And here's the thing. This confrontation was between Samson, his soon-to-be wife, his father-in-law, and this other man. Four people are involved, but Samson's revenge affected an entire nation and almost caused a war. Revenge. I'm going to get you back, buddy. Samson went out and caught 300 foxes. You, You think of the time and the resources it takes to do that. 300 foxes. It, it, it takes a little bit to outfox a fox. And he couldn't just go to Lowe's and buy the timber to build cages to store all of these animals. So he had to go out in the woods and cut down trees and make these cages and these traps. And Samson goes to all this trouble, 300 foxes. Ties them tail to tail with a firebrand in the midst and sets them on fire and turns them loose into the fields of the Philistine, burns up the the wheat and the stocks, the piles where the Philistines have gone in and, and started harvesting the wheat. They'd pile it up in the piles. They call them stocks. And these foxes went through and burned up everything. The wheat, the standing wheat, the stalks, the olives, and the vineyards. Everything was on fire. And now Samson, he knew he had greatly offended the Philistines. He's now at the top of Rock Edom. And now the Philistines have gathered themselves against Israel and spread themselves in Lehi. And believe me, they weren't there to just say, hey, how you doing? They were there to start a war because of this thing that Samson had done. And the men of Judah said, why are you coming out here against us? And they said, we've come here for Samson to do unto him as he's done unto us. And the men of Israel knew they had to do something. Don't There would be many lives lost. And so they made a pact with the Philistines. If you'll just leave us alone for a little while, we'll go up and get Samson. We'll bind him and we'll bring him to you just Don't start anything here with us. This is between you and Samson, and we'll gladly deliver him to you. And I want you to think about what I've just said. Israel is now willing to give up the only one that can save them. Now you think about what I've just said. Let me say it again. Israel is willing to give up the only one that can save them. 
because he had offended the Philistines. I wonder today how many churches are willing to give up Jesus Christ because he offends people. Are you listening to me? He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And 3,000 men of Israel go up to Rock Edom and they stand there in front of Samson. 3,000 of them coming up to bind one man. Samson, what have you done? Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? Why would you have to go and offend the Philistines for, Samson? Couldn't you just leave it alone? You've got the whole world against us, Samson. You should have just kept your mouth shut. Some churches want their pastor to keep their mouth shut when it comes to sin. Just leave it alone, preacher. There's just some subjects that are controversial. And you're going to stir up a mess, preacher, if you start talking about these issues. Let me tell you this. When it comes to sin, you can't just leave it alone. Sin is like a thorn in the flesh. And if you leave it alone, it's just going to sit there and fester and get full of pus, and it's going to get infected, and then you got a bigger problem. And let me tell you what a lot of churches want to do. They don't want to address the sin. They don't want to address that thorn of sin. They just want to put a little ointment on it and put a band-aid over it. They don't want to deal with sin. They just want to give the gospel to people. Well, you can't give the gospel to people unless you address sin. Sin has to be addressed. That thorn has to be gotten out before you can apply the medicine. Of the gospel. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? But a lot of churches, they just leave it alone, preacher. Don't deal with that. If you deal with that, it's going to offend people. Then they don't want to come to church. Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us, Samson? Let me tell you. The world out here should have no say when it comes to the church. You see, some churches, they've pulled together this little survey and they want to send it out in the community and find out what the people out there want. we got churches today that are painting their sanctuaries black. Got the smoke pots boiling and the strobe lights going. Look, got their church looking like some kind of rock concert. Got Krispy Kreme donuts out in the vestibule and coffee. Don't bring no Krispy Kremes in here while I'm trying to preach. Then I'm going to want one. And it's going to disrupt the service. If you want to eat Krispy Kremes, eat them outside. Don't bring them in here. That goes for potato chips and popcorn and anything else. There ain't nothing no worse than trying to preach and somebody over there rattling a bag eating tater chips. But there are churches today that are doing just that. Just whatever the people want. Samson, don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? Let me deal with this too. 
Sin is not to have dominion over the child of God. That's what Paul said. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Samson put forth his hands, and the men of Israel bound up his hands with new cords. If you'll look there in Judges 15, verse 13. I want you to notice something here. It's funny how history repeats itself. Because here Samson willingly puts forth his hands to be bound by Israel to save his people. And 1,200 years later, Jesus Christ would be willing to put forth his hands to save his people and the whole entirety of the world. Israel was willing to give up the only one who could save them in that day. And 1,200 years later, Israel would do the exact same thing with Jesus Christ. Willing to turn Jesus over to the Romans to be crucified. And they bring Samson down from the top of Rock Edom. And they hand him over to The Philistines, and the Bible says that the Philistines shouted against him. If you look there in verse 14. We've got you now, Samson. They thought the same thing of Jesus. All of hell thought, oh, we've got him now. When they nailed Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary, all of hell said, we've got you now. What are you going to do now, Jesus? We've got you now. When Jesus died, they put him in a tomb, rolled a stone in front of it, sealed it with a Roman seal, had soldiers to stand guard over the tomb of Jesus. But on the third day, Glory to God. I said on the third day, on that first resurrection morning, there wasn't a stone big enough to hold Jesus Christ. There wasn't a seal strong enough to hold Him. There weren't enough soldiers in the Roman Empire to keep Jesus from coming out of that tomb. And He come out of that tomb and He said, All power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Glory to God. And let me tell you something today. Because He lives you and I can live also. Glory to God. But those Philistines, oh, we've got you now, Samson. There's some of you listening to me right now. The devil's got you. You thought you could drink just a little bit. Now you're an alcoholic. And the devil's got you. 
you thought you could smoke a little bit of that marijuana and you could fiddle with that cocaine a little bit, but now it's got you and you're bound by it and you can't get out of it. Sir, you thought you could fool around with that young lady that's not your wife and now you're caught up in a situation and you're bound by it and you don't know how in the world you're going to get out of it without it completely destroying your family and you're bound up by it. I've got a word for you today. The Bible says that the Spirit of God loosed Samson. And I don't care who you are today. I don't care how strong, how tight the cords of sin are. If you will place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for you at Calvary's cross, the Holy Spirit can set you free from those cords of sin that's got you bound up. There's not a sin there's not a drug, there's not a drink, there's not a situation in this world that you may find yourself in that the Lord Jesus Christ cannot break and set you free. Glory to God. The Spirit of God came mightily upon him. Those cords became his flax, and his hands were loosed. And let me tell you this. When you get saved... When the Lord Jesus Christ sets you free. Don't think that all your problems is over with now. Everything's going to be hunky-dory and peaches and cream and downhill with the wind at your back. Because after you get saved, when you make up your mind, you're going to live for God and you're going to get closer to God and you're going to do what God wants you to do. That's when the battle really starts. Samson's got a battle on his hands now. His hands have been loosed, but he's now entered into spiritual warfare with the Philistines. One Philistine's all up in his face punching him, and he knocks him down, and there's another one standing there to take his place. One right after the other. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Does anybody, anybody hear? Okay, y'all wake. All right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just get with you just get hit with one thing right after the other. Mama said they'd be days like this, but she didn't say they'd come in like bunches like bananas. What is that? That's Ephesians 6 and 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you could see into the spirit world what is fighting you, what's coming against you, it'd scare you to death. It's a good thing that we can't see in the spirit world and see what all's going on. Now, Samson, in the midst of all this fighting, the Bible says in verse 15, Judges 15, verse 15, he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. The jawbone of a dead animal is not a normal 
natural thing that you would normally choose to use as a weapon to fight with. But friend, when you've got one thing coming at you right after the other, and your life is at stake, you'll grab and use whatever you can to defend yourself. That jawbone is a type of the Word of God. A lot of people don't look at it as a weapon to fight the enemy with, but it is. It is your greatest weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I'm sorry, brother, but you can't take a gun and shoot the devil. I don't care how bad you want to. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. It's the Word of God. The Bible tells us, Hebrews 4 and verse 12, that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you got one thing coming at you right after the other and you're fighting for your life, grab that jawbone of the Word of God. Use it. Now, if you look there in verse 17, Judges 15, verse 17, Samson makes a big mistake because when he got done fighting, the Bible says he cast the jawbone away church we're making a big mistake today when we cast away the king james version for some of these other so-called newer modern translations you know we got people today who were saying well brother james the king james version was fine back in its day And it had its time, but we need something more modern now. We need something a little bit easier to understand. And, you know, we just, you know, the King James is fine for some of the older folks, but with this newer generation now, they they need something new. Well, the King James Version might not be modern, but my friend, let me tell you, it's more accurate. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? I said the King James Version of the Bible, it might not be as modern, but it is more accurate. You see, when a soldier goes out to battle, and he's got his rifle with him, he better check the scope on that rifle and make sure it's calibrated correctly. And better make sure it's all lined up like it needs to be. Don't you be aiming over here and shoot something way over there. That's the problem with a lot of Christians today. They're using one of these other translations of the Bible, and they think they're aiming over here, but they're hitting something way over there. You better get you a King James Version of the Bible and read and study that so that you'll be more accurate. Samson thought he was done with it, and he cast it away, and it was a big mistake. Much of the church today is doing the same thing. A lot of the newer preachers that are coming in now, under 40 years of age, they want to use some of these newer translations. And and some of them are okay. 
But the King James Version is a word-for-word translation out of the original Greek and Hebrew language. And it is as accurate as you're going to get. Samson made a big mistake. Because if you look there in verse 18, the Bible says that he was sore athirst and said, Now shall I die for thirst. Verse 19 says, But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water there out. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he was revived. Church, we need revival. The church today needs revival. And the only way, the only book that God will move through and work through is the true Word of God. And church, we need to get back to what the Word of God says and not what somebody thinks it says that jawbone of the word of God don't cast it away when you're fighting go to the word of God and when you think you're done with it you ain't done with it because God still wants to move and work through his word and it is the preaching of the true word of God today that's going to bring revival back to the church If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 